With Tom Brady set to retire, it is so much more important now for the New Orleans Saints to get their head coaching hire right. We've got updates on that head coaching search, as well as some standouts from Senior Bowl Day 1. we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints and across the division news was made ripples coming through Tom Brady has retired and this time for real it actually happened this time I guess you could say the second time in a week that the news broke and this time you can now expect that Tom Brady will not be returning to the NFL and to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers most importantly in 2022 so why is this so important Ross this isn't a Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast that's locked on Bucks. It's David Harrison. It's James Yarko. No, this is locked on Saints. So let's talk about why this is important to the New Orleans Saints. And the fact of the matter is that it means that the NFC South is still very much attainable. It is in reach. And it doesn't come down to just the sort of uh, vague, the, the vacating of the quarterback spot in Tampa and Tom Brady having retired. Let's look at some of the free agents that are going to be outgoing in Tampa. Ryan Jensen, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, Chris Godwin, Jordan Whitehead, Carlton Davis, Alex Kappa, Pierre Desir, Richard Sherman, Leonard Fournette, William Golson. There's a lot of these guys that are going to be out the door that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would love to hang on to. But now without Tom Brady, A, it might be hard to go ahead and hold on to him. And it might be just challenging for them to be able to do it regardless when it comes down to their salary cap situation. So you look at the Tampa Buccaneers who are going to be seen with Tom Brady as the undeniable favorite to win the NFC South going into 2022. Now, all of a sudden, not so much the case. So now let's look around the rest of the NFC South. We'll start with the biggest rival within the division, the Atlanta Falcons, right? The Atlanta Falcons feel like they're two years behind a rebuild that they should have started back in 2019. They don't have any answer in terms of what it is that they want to do behind Uh, Matt Ryan. They have not taken any time at all to address and improve their defense. And Calvin Ridley might not even be at Atlanta Falcon next year. So basically, all you have is another version of Julio Jones with Matt Ryan when you have Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan. So at what point do you look at the Atlanta Falcons and say, okay, this has to be blown up? Okay, we have to get this figured out because they haven't been able to figure it out yet. And also, by the way, there's still no secession plan behind Matt Ryan either. So now you have a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that is thinning in talent, an Atlanta Falcons team that remains thin in its talent and could even thin any longer, uh, or at least thin longer, uh, depending upon what happens with um, with Calvin Ridley. And then you have a Carolina Panthers team that still hasn't been able to find the answer at the quarterback spot. We'll see what happens in the NFL draft this season and, of course, the offseason here. But at the moment, still Sam Darnold. It's still PJ Walker. It's still Cam Newton again, potentially. 
And you still got Matt Rule there, and they're still trying to figure out exactly who Matt Rule is as a coach. What is he able to do with this team? Then they bring in Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator, and that doesn't seem to be putting much confidence in anybody that talks about the Panthers. It certainly doesn't feel like it's putting any type of fear in those that compete against them. So when you look at what the Carolina Panthers have done so far, have they really been able to put you on the map at this point? If Ben McAdoo is going to come in and work with these receivers, they're going to have to upgrade those receivers. I mean, Terrace Marshall was put in a situation where he was working with the guy who he worked most closely with in Joe Brady in college and still wasn't able to get out on the field and produce. Robbie Anderson was not the guy that they had hoped to be. And so really all that they have there is DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey at this point with all of the different injuries that he's gone through. And hopefully for his sake, he's able to get back. And honestly, for the NFL's sake, he's able to get back and he's at full strength next season because football is better when Christian McCaffrey is playing well. But as of right now, we don't know what Christian McCaffrey is going to look like after a second straight season being ended by injury. So now you have, along with those two other teams we talked about, a team that doesn't really have an identity and isn't really necessarily sure of what it's going to have to offer in 2022. Meanwhile, the New Orleans Saints, yes, they're $74 million over the salary cap, but remember, it's not like they're going to wake up in March and go, we're over by how much? I mean, they know what they're doing here. They have a plan. They had the plan when they put themselves in the situation last offseason when they had to make up for the $100 million of overages, $74 million with a plan, nothing. So the New Orleans Saints are going to be able to take care of that problem, but then they'll need to figure out the quarterback spot and, of course, this head coaching position. So when you look at what the NFC South has to offer, especially now with Tom Brady out of the division and potentially and completely out of the NFL, you know, as he's retiring, the New Orleans Saints head coaching position becomes all the more important. That position has to be filled with somebody that's going to attract the quarterback that the, that the organization wants, whether that is going out and trading for a Russell Wilson or it's going for one of those other you know, uh, mid-tier guys like a Derek Carr or a Jimmy Garoppolo or you know, a Baker Mayfield, somebody like that, or you go back to Jameis, who gives you the same type of uh, high variance, the, the, the high reward that you got from him last season when he went 14-3 and three in terms of touchdown to interception ratio. So when you look at what the New Orleans Saints have ahead of them in terms of the opportunity, it just solidifies how important it is for them to get the head coaching higher. Right. And we got some clarity in terms of what the head coaching search is looking like for the New Orleans Saints. Three interviews have been scheduled for this week. One of them is already over, but we don't know exactly where that potential candidate, Brian Flores, is going to be headed next. But we'll talk about that and what's going on with the other candidates for the New Orleans Saints as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, y'all, I want to tell you about our good friends over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered when it comes to all of the props odds, and even lines that you're looking for are giving you more than ever before so that this football season, as it continues on to march throughout the playoffs and with the big game right around the corner, you have everything that you need over at the best place to place your wagers and to get all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. You've got basketball, hockey, baseball. You've got UFC and MMA and even your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Some of your favorite real-time updated current games will be there. So don't wait. Go ahead and take advantage by heading over to betonline.net. You take a, take a look at the new and amazing offers that are available for the 2022 season. Once again, that's BetOnline, where the game starts.
Wright family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big question marks around the New Orleans Saints head coaching position were already there, but some big news on Tuesday might have complicated matters even more. But as far as I'm concerned, for the right reasons. According to Ian Rappaport, course of NFL Network, you saw three different coaches scheduled for interviews with the New Orleans Saints this week here in Mobile, the first of which being Dolphins, former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. The team and Flores met on Monday and then had a formal interview scheduled on Tuesday. That will be followed up with a Wednesday interview with former New Orleans Saints uh, DB's coach and Aaron Glenn, who's also the uh, Lions defensive coordinator right now after spending a year in Motown working with another former New Orleans Saints position coach in Dan Campbell, who walked past us earlier today and I have to tell you is a ginormous human being. Uh, and they will wrap up at least what is scheduled so far for this week's set of interviews on Thursday with defensive coordinator Dennis Allen, who I will happily tell you at this moment is still very much being considered the front runner in this head coaching search for the New Orleans Saints. Everyone that I've talked to so far has brought up the idea that, yeah, it seems to make sense It's gonna uh, that it would be Dennis Allen, all of that. No one is saying that it's going to be Dennis Allen, but he certainly feels like the favorite at this point, especially with the team and Mickey Loomis and everyone sort of talking about how they don't want to change the nucleus of the team, the makeup of the team, anything like that. And Dennis Allen sort of gives you the best path towards doing that. Now, Aaron Glenn is very excited about his interview with the New Orleans Saints and is looking forward to it. He spoke with media after the Senior Bowl, talked all about the opportunity, what it means to him, everything like that. Dan Campbell also commented on it, saying that he thought that Aaron Glenn would do very well, which is why he's a little nervous uh, about it. But uh, as of right now, as we mentioned, it seems like the current defensive coach for the New Orleans Saints, Dennis Allen, is that front runner. Now, this one is a, a bit of a complicated story uh, around Brian Flores, right? Because Brian Flores and the New Orleans Saints met on Tuesday for their interview. And on Tuesday also dropped the news that Brian Flores was effectively levering, uh, leveraging a uh, class action lawsuit against the NFL for discriminating, uh, discriminatory hiring practices, uh, racial bias, uh, a lot to unpack within the pages and pages of uh, of the document and the instances and instances of issues that centered around the New York Giants, as well as the Denver Broncos, alleging several very serious accusations, including Stephen Ross, who was over with the Miami Dolphins, offering to pay him on a per-loss basis in 2019 in order to improve their draft stock. Coaches uh, texting him to congratulate him for a job that he hadn't yet interviewed for, only to find out that the job was actually or at least allegedly already offered to a different assistant. Uh, so many different things around this. And the thing that's interesting about it is that the thing to come from it is effectively concrete suggestions about how to actually uh, handle the hiring practices across the NFL when it comes to including and incorporating and elevating uh, black decision-making, uh, people of color in decision-making positions, women and people in decision-making positions, and in those head coaching positions as well. So it'll be interesting to see sort of how or if this impacts uh, Brian Flores' opportunities to get a head coaching position while he's in the midst of this whole class action lawsuit situation and everything, but obviously one very important to him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have jeopardized his potential head coaching future in leveraging something like this. And we know that whenever you come out and say, hey, this is an issue that sometimes retaliation is always, of course, a concern. And I can't imagine that that is not the case when it comes to 
uh, Brian Flores. So we'll see how it, it all works out. But they still had the interview. They did their interview on Tuesday. And we'll see if uh, you know he ends up with, with another one. But regardless, as of right now, those are the three candidates that are scheduled or, or, or have already met with the New Orleans Saints. The one name that you might notice that's missing is Byron Leftwich, offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as it seems, there's just still no meeting on the books between the two. The New Orleans Saints did request to interview uh, Byron Leftwich. I had seen some folks talking about how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might have blocked the interview requests, but they can't. That That's just simply not possible because of the fact that it is an advancement at his position. So going from offensive coordinator up to head coach, the team that is that he is currently employed with can actually block him from that opportunity so for the saints i guess they're just waiting to either hear back from uh byron leftwich or byron leftwich is waiting to see how things go with jacksonville who continues to drag their feet and just add more and more names to the list when it seemed that they were about ready to close in on byron leftwich which would be a great hire by them by the way especially considering what we've learned about Byron Leftwich over this time, one of the only people that Andy Reid has ever trusted to call him his to, to call his plays, one of the big reasons that he came out of retirement and back to coaching in the first place. I mean, Bruce Arians has a lot of really great things to say about Byron Leftwich and has shown his ability to trust him as well. So obviously a lot to like there. So those are some of the big names that the New Orleans States have been connected to so far. We'll see more as we continue on and through later on today, Aaron Glenn. We'll be meeting with the New Orleans Saints, and then tomorrow on Thursday, it'll be Dennis Allen. So we'll keep you up to date as the head coaching search for the New Orleans Saints rolls along. But it's not just the head coaching search that they're interested in here in Mobile. They're also taking a look at these draft prospects at the Senior Bowl. So let's talk about some of the standouts from day one for the American and the national teams. We'll have that coming up for you here in just a moment, because you know we got to talk about that quarterback position and some of the other spots where the New Orleans Saints are in desperate need of some young talent. So we'll talk about that as we continue on today's episode of Locked on Saints. Before we get to that, here we are just now getting into February. So I hope that many of you are holding on to your New Year's resolutions, especially those folks who have taken the time to uh, put some focus on getting fit or when it comes to eating right. And if you are one of those people, I want to make sure that Built Bar is a part of your plan. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. The protein bar that not only tastes like a candy bar, but tastes better than a candy bar. And it's certainly much better for you than a candy bar as well. Let's look at some of the uh, information that you should know about most Built Bars. They contain only 130 grams of calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. You compare that to the next candy bar that you might find, uh, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So you can stay away from all that. Go ahead and get you something delicious and sweet and awesome, covered in 100% chocolate, but that isn't giving you all of that other stuff that we just talked about. And the best place to do that is over at Built.com, where you can get 15% off by using the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at checkout. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars at Built.com. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKED. 15. Let's get it. Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a few standouts from the Senior Bowl. And you know, we got to start off with the quarterback position here because New Orleans Saints might be in need of the quarterback depending upon who it is that they land on when it comes to head coach, because right behind head coach, the next biggest question is going to be that quarterback spot. So if the Saints were to decide to go to the draft here, the probably best performer out of any of the quarterbacks, particularly on the national team, the first team to practice during the day, 
would be easily uh, Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett, who looked like he just had the better day out of the guys that were out there and that were out there with him. So he was a lot of fun to watch. He, you know, had some really nice throws. He had some really nice moments. And he is somebody that consistently got talked up. Jim Nagy, we went to the introductory press conference in the morning, was immediately comparing him to Joe Burrow, who's about to play in a Super Bowl in just a, a week and a half or so. So lots of high praise for Kenny Pickett. And so far, he's been living up to those expectations. Over on the opposite team, the American team, I've seen a lot of people want to talk a little bit more about some of the other quarterbacks there, but the guy that really stood out to me was Malik Willis out of Liberty. He was somebody I was really, really excited to see. He had some nice scrambling moments, showed you the mobility that he has, and showed you he could put some rip on the ball as well. I mean, you take a look at some of the best throws, some of the worst throws, and some of those are all Malik Willis, but you'll take the high upside with a young athletic quarterback like that. So those would be the two quarterbacks that stood out to me so far today. Let's talk about the wide receivers that they were throwing to. I want to start with North Dakota State University wide receiver Christian Watson, who had a big weigh-in day. He uh, literally uh, six foot four, 211 pounds, big uh, receiver there, 10-inch hands, 32 and three-quarter inch arms. So he has a big-time wingspan, big-time hands, and he's a big body, but he moves extremely fluidly. He was a lot of fun. I was trying to watch him in the morning go up against guys like Joshua Williams, as well as Kobe Bryant of Cincinnati, Joshua Williams, of course, of Fayetteville State, two other guys that were big standouts in this game, their ability to be physical, play through contact, play through their reps, fight for the ball, all of that. Really, really great to see. But Christian Watson was just smooth out there. I mean, he has a fantastic stride down the sideline, and you like to see that type of I guess you'll say agility, smoothness, whatever it is that you want to call it. Christian Watson has it. And so he was somebody that was a lot of fun to watch. We had a couple of contested catches as well, which of course you love to see on a guy that's six foot four for sure. But to be able to have that size and be able to also have the ability to be able to carry upfield, push upfield, drive upfield, route, uh, run routes well, despite your sort of higher center of gravity, all of those things. Really, really encouraging stuff to see from a guy that I didn't have the largest expectations of, honestly, coming into this weekend. So great to see him jump off of the field and uh, become somebody that draws your attention. Similarly, Nevada wide receiver Romeo Dubs is another one, six foot one, 204 pounds, comes in with 10 and one eighth inch hands and 32 and one eighth inch arms. A lot of long receivers out there for this team, and uh, they were awesome to watch. And Romeo was another one that I got to watch get matched up on Joshua uh, Williams, who again was very impressive, but Dubs won both of his reps against Williams, one of which in which he fought up the right sideline and just got physical and was able to make a catch in the end zone and one-on-ones. And then he also ended up having another one to where it was just bad technique, necessarily not bad technique necessarily, but not the, not the greatest technique from Joshua Williams. And he ended up kind of Almost bear hugging Romeo Dubs, but Dubs was able to get out from uh, under it and it ended up being able to pick up like three yards of separation because of the way that it all broke down and then ended up having uh, being overthrown by Carson Strong in that situation. But Romeo Dubs showed you a lot. And I think Joshua Williams showed you a lot as well as uh, Kobe Bryant. Just to circle back around to both of those guys, you saw Kobe Bryant line up a lot in the slot in this one. He has the op- really, really good hands, uh, very physical, uh, is willing to fight through um, any potential blockers in the run game and everything as well. So you see him be very physical and very active in those situations. 
He didn't take a lot of snaps that were tight to the line of scrimmage or tight to the offensive line, either because they were running some tighter formations for the run formations during practice or because he was playing in the slot. In either case, you got to see him move around there. Remember, one of the reasons why I keep talking about Kobe Bryant so much is because of the fact that I feel like he would be a very good fill-in if the Saints were to lose P.J. Williams as somebody that can play multiple roles all around the uh, all around the offense. So it would be very good to continue to get an eye on him, but he wasn't the only Cincinnati player to stand out. If you want to know more about the Cincinnati Bearcats, make sure you check out Locked on Bearcats with Alex Frank as well. But Cincinnati linebacker Darian Beavers, as well as Cincinnati wide receiver Alec Pierce. But I want to focus mostly on Darian Beavers here because he didn't come in as somebody that we thought we were going to see play a lot of coverage. And he played extremely well when he was asked to, whether it was one-on-ones or whether it was in team drills. He played very, very well there. So definitely a name to keep an eye out on because he has the ability to raise his stock as somebody that can get after the passer as a good run stopper. But if he's able to elevate his status as a coverage guy, then all of a sudden he becomes potentially one of the guys in the similar vein of what they had hoped um, with the New Orleans Saints had hoped Zach Bond would become and really uh, meant much of the NFL had had hoped that Zach Bond would become in terms of what they saw in Mobile. So Darian Beaver is definitely a name to keep an eye out on. Uh, On the offensive line, I want to talk about Boston College offensive lineman Zion Johnson. He ended up having a fantastic day as well. A couple of different offensive linemen standing out. Memphis offensive lineman Dylan Parham also had a really, really good one. So, you know, for the New Orleans Saints who love their offensive linemen in the draft, don't expect too much, by the way, of the Saints Draft approach to change with Jeff Ireland still at the helm there. Had some conversations around that, and it seems that those prototypes, those uh, commandments, all of those things may still very well be in place for the New Orleans Saints uh, going into the draft. So guys like Dylan Parham, who check a lot of the boxes, guys like uh, uh, Christian Watson, who checks a lot of the boxes, Alex Pierce, who checks a lot of the boxes, those are the names to continue to watch. They fit the prototype because the prototype very well still be here in New Orleans, or well, I'm here in Mobile, but you know what I mean. And then one last player that I want to shout out here is App State's linebacker, DeMarco Jackson. Um, You looked at this guy out on the field and you thought he was going to be a coverage linebacker. He's a little bit smaller, a little bit more compact, things like that. But then you saw him get after the pass rusher and it was just a thing of beauty. He was consistently in the backfield, consistently breaking up plays in the backfield, whether they be some potential flat passes or passes out to the flats, excuse me, whether they were run plays or whether he was just getting after the passer before the pass group and had the opportunity to really even get his eyes up. I mean, this guy was all over the backfield. And that second practice there with the American team, a lot of struggling over on the offensive line. They struggled mightily against the uh, the the American team's defensive line, including Jermaine Jackson out of, um, out. Uh, excuse me, Jermaine Johnson, Jermaine Jackson, he'd be singing. Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, uh, who also had a fantastic day as well, matching up with that same offensive line. These guys played really, really well. So if you're looking for somebody to help to be able to continue to rotate into the pass rush that could potentially be had in some of these later rounds, keep an eye out on those two names, though. Jermaine may be raising his stock enough to even end up being guy one of those guys like Peyton Turner or like uh, Joe Tryon last year who elevated themselves into the first round. He should be a rising name to continue to watch, but no worries. Lots of depth in the defensive line in the trenches on the offensive line in the trenches there as well for the New Orleans Saints to be able to find some of those diamonds in the rough later on in the draft. But hopefully some of these wide receivers continue to stick out as we continue to watch them 
over the next couple of days. So I'll continue to watch some of the guys that did stand out, like Christian Watson, Alex Pierce, as well as, of course, uh, 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 Romeo Dubs, who we were really excited about out of Nevada. But we'll see if there are any more that end up taking the eye, grabbing the eye in day two, which will get started later on today. So we'll have them covered for you in your next episode, which will be dropping either Wednesday, well, Wednesday night into Thursday morning, depending upon whenever you catch it. And then, of course, we'll also get you up to date on everything going on with Mickey Loomis's press conference, which is scheduled in between those two as well. Make sure you follow along at Ross Jackson Nola so you can get all the up-to-date information on that press conference. And then we'll hear what happens with Aaron Glenn's interview as well, I'm sure, and any other potential head coaching interviews. So keep you up to date with it all here on Locked on Saints. And thank you, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure you go and check out Locked on Bets. Win yourself some money with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. I thank you, as always, for being here, making us a part of your day. For everything else that you need on your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.